I'm going to be wrong, and I'll tell you this right now, if I'm going to be wrong, it's going to be because my eyes have been playing tricks on me. If I'm going to be right, I'm going to be really right. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. But today, in addition to being Martin Luther King Day, brings at last the playoff game we've been waiting for. Steelers and Bills, 4.30 p.m. here at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. I have a feeling about this game. I have not been in the habit of making predictions. Predictions tend to not serve me particularly well. Not because I get them right or wrong or whatever, just because they bother me. Because I feel like I'm doing so much legitimate work and reporting and everything that half the time everybody just wants to know something that's going to happen in the future. And then if I don't guess what the future is, like I'm Nostradamus or something, then I'm a terrible reporter. When in fact, that has absolutely nothing to do with reporting. That said, I arrive here with a feeling that these Steelers are being grossly underestimated. Not by the Bills. I'm just talking about the general public. And not that that'll directly impact the game. I just happen to think the game can go their way without it qualifying as any sort of upset. Not even a small upset. Why do I say that? How can I even think that? There's no T.J. Watt. The Bills have won five in a row. They're at home. Their defense, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, keep going right down the line. All the stuff that you've been hearing everybody say over the past week, except for one thing that they all leave out, meaning all of these various people you've been listening to. They haven't seen the Steelers or been around the Steelers For these past three weeks, I have. These are not the Steelers of the first 14 weeks of this season. They're a completely new team. They've been transformed. If that sounds hokey to you or over the top or homerish or whatever, I don't really care. I'm just sharing with you what I think and what I've felt from being around this team. And I want to share that with you before this game, even if I prove to be completely wrong, because this is what I've taken in. Let me ask you a question. Who's been the top quarterback in the NFL over the past three weeks? Ah, you knew that one, right? Okay, good. So let's take it further. Where has Mason Rudolph ranked in completion percentage? Number one at 73.4%. Where has Rudolph ranked when it comes to interceptions? Of course, he's tied for number one because he's thrown zero. And all told, even weighing that he's faced three teams with winning records, two of them on the road, one of them way out on the West Coast, another one, the home of the arch rival. He's faced Trey Hendrickson one week, Bobby Wagner another week, and the best defensive coordinator in the NFL on the third week. And he hasn't been good. He hasn't been very good. He hasn't even been great. You know what Mason Rudolph's been? 
his three-week span represents the first time since weeks seven, eight, and nine of 2014. Ben Roethlisberger, of a quarterback who's had a 112 passer rating or better in all three games. Do you think he's going to fail today? Do you think he's just going to fall apart? Do you think he's going to plunge off a cliff? After all that poise you've seen, after all that precision with the throws, you go right ahead and think that, okay? Just go ahead. Do you think that this offensive line that's been not just blocking for Rudolph and the running backs, but has been knocking people's heads off, go back and look at the Isaac Seumalu film alone from Baltimore. Do you think those guys are just going to become an absolute catastrophe today Going against a defense that prefers to be in the nickel 90% of the time. Do you think that's going to happen? If you do, go right ahead and think that. Do you think that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are just going to stop running? After three weeks of averaging 157 yards on the ground between them, do you think they're just going to get shut down? Go ahead. Go nuts. Have at it. Do you think that both George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are going to get shut down for making a big play the way they've done in each of these three games? Do you think that Pat Fryermuth won't be a factor over the middle against all this happy nickel that's going on on the other side? Do you think that all of this chemistry and camaraderie that's come together, thanks in large part to having elite, even if it's just for three weeks, elite NFL quarterbacking performance at hand. Do you think that's just going to vanish? Here's a good one, just to throw in the other side of the ball for fun. Do you think that with TJ Watt out, that neither Nick Herbig nor Marcus Golden is going to make a big play? When you've seen both of those individuals go onto the field sometimes just five, six times over a game and make big plays? Do you think they're going to be shut out? Do you think they're going to expose some great weakness? My guess here, and, and I don't mean to presume what your answers would be, but my guess here is that for most of these questions, if not all of them, you're going to answer no. And the reason for that is, is that you watch this team. And you follow them closely and you learn as much as you can about them, whether it's from me or anybody else. So when you're fussing about the opinions of people on a network TV or some NFL programming or whatever it is, who don't cover the team and who don't follow it as closely as you do, for that matter, ask yourself why you're doing that. This team that you've been watching, you, over these past three weeks, is capable of beating the Bills today and not having it be an upset. And I think not only that they should, but also that they will. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, 
they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LG KG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LG KG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Ed, who says, Hey, DK, do you remember the Steelers' last Super Bowl win? They were the sixth seed. No team had ever done that before from that position. Not trying to get everybody's hopes up or anything. Well, you know, Ed, the Steelers were, in fact, the sixth seed when they won the Super Bowl over the Cardinals. And they've been a low seed for more than that over their championship history. And if they were to win... A football game, meaning just the one today, they would be the first, of course, of the NFL's seventh seeds to do so. But let me seize on your question here, if I could, to pounce on another point I'd like to make that hopefully kind of augments the one that I made in the opening segment, meaning how I feel about this event in advance. This conference isn't scaring anybody. This field isn't scaring anybody. I don't know that that's true anywhere across the National Football League right now. Do you see yesterday's games? What good did all that being the favorite do for the Cowboys? You know, not a whole heck of a lot. Jerry Jones has to fire pretty much everybody in the building and then a few hundred across the street. Weren't the Browns supposed to have the biggest, baddest defense around? A rookie quarterback lights him up for 45? I mean, 31 of those were... Offense, 14 were defense on pick sixes, but the point stands. It's 31. The Dolphins, through the first handful of weeks, looked like they were reinventing the game. Remember the glowing reviews of everything that Mike McDaniel was doing and how genius they were and how much smarter they were than the rest of the league, and they were running up 50 points at a whim. And then this. Uh, Granted, the Dolphins have been sliding for a while, but... And I know it was really cold in Kansas City, but that's where they played the game, meaning both teams, Chiefs and Dolphins, and that's what happened to them. This is not a year where there is a great and clear distinction between the teams that are right up there and the teams that are kind of the rest. It's almost as if all of them are just the rest. If you want to make exceptions for the Ravens, the 49ers, you'll probably be able to make a case, except in Pittsburgh, because the Steelers are 2-0 against the Ravens, and they would only be too happy to have a rematch with the 49ers. So who are these teams? Who are the ones that are supposed to be the ones where everybody says, boy, wouldn't that be a great matchup between this team and that team? Who's doing that right now? Who's lining up teams? In that fashion, I don't hear it. I don't see it. I don't read it. This is a year where it feels like anybody's game. And if you go back to the Super Bowl that you're citing, or really even to an extent the previous Super Bowl, the Jerome Bettis one, 
There was kind of that sense in both of those seasons as well. And before you think I'm taking this too far and predicting the Steelers are going to go to the Super Bowl rematch with the 49ers, don't misinterpret any of what I'm saying here. I'm really just reinforcing what there was at the outset of this show. And that is that this team, the Steelers, is just as good as that team, the Bills. And I believe that a lot of what's going to alter perception and already has about this matchup is that there were 14 games played before these past three, and the Steelers were hamstrung, not 100% of the time, but a lot of the time, by some really lousy quarterbacking. And in turn, some really, really, really lousy overall offense. And you can't compete like that. You can pull out some fourth quarter uh, bounce backs and whatever, the way Kenny Pickett did impressively early in the season, but you can't exist. You can't keep functioning the way that team was. That is not what we have seen these past three weeks. And I'm going to say it one more time. If you choose to believe that the first 14 weeks were the reality, that's that's your prerogative. What I'm expecting to see here today is the team that we've seen the last three weeks. And in my eyes, which might be wrong, that will be good enough. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Obviously going to have another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.